Stand up and get ready to take a blow. You have the confidence that you can accept the blow. As a point of interest, none of my men wear protection in the room. None. After all, you wouldn't want your attacker to get injured. That hurt my foot. Good evening, everybody. You shall not pass. That's right. Martin passed there with a great, great highlight from this past weekend's action as FC Dallas gridded out a 1-0 win at home against the Los Angeles Galaxy. We'll get to that. And since it's been a couple weeks because of travel and vacation and whatnot, um, we'll catch up, too, uh, about the Real Salt Lake victory Um at Real Salt Lake for FC Dallas. So two wins in a row to kind of snap the, the, the rut they've been in. We have a lot to get into about that, about where FC Dallas is. A little bit of North Texas splashed it as well. And, of course, we want to take your questions, your comments live here as we get going in Big D After Dark. I'm your host, Nathan Hill, at Nathan J. Hill. You can follow me there on the old the old tweet machine. Uh, next to me is our, our good friend Ishmael. Uh, you can follow him at, at Melcora Ishmael. Below me there is our buddy Tommy, uh, at Tom underscore FC Dallas on, on Twitter. And finally, Jose uh, Carmona Chico. Uh, <laughs> that's right. You can follow him at El Chico Carmona on Twitter. What's up, everybody? You. Well, it's good. Hey, uh, so hey, y'all, everyone, send in your comments and questions. We want your feedback from these past two weeks, uh, catching up, a lot of some, some interesting news to to touch upon and things, but let's just get right into it. Two wins in a row. I mean, things were pretty bleak for FC Dallas. Uh, uh, a lot of draws, some some drop points, some miserable results. Uh, the, we lost Copa Tejas, just disappointing. Uh, disappointing. And then suddenly, FC Dallas seems to put something together. Maybe not the offensive output that we would like, but they have, they're shown these past two games that they can do what they need to do to prevent the other team from scoring um, and, and set up shop and protect a lead and come away with uh, with the full three points. Uh, so, yeah, so let's just start. What are the things that have are giving you hope right now for as an FC Dallas fan after these past two results? We'll start with you, Ishmael. Well, I think with a lot of the losses and the ties, the dropped points that were happening over, like, the last couple of months, there's that it was a lot of individual errors. I think the team defends as a unit, and when they all not make mistakes, when they all like play intelligently and don't like you give a bad pass in the back that leads to goals, that's what leads to our clean sheets to our wins. So that wasn't happening for a while. So it's it's good to see that the team's finally gelling again defensively. Uh, I think these last couple of wins are. Looking into a very difficult schedule coming up with two games on the West Coast, a game against Philly, a game at Nashville. Those are not easy games. Those are not guaranteed points in any case. So it's important to get these two wins to get that form, that morale back up. Um, They're not the best results, but they're good results. And based off of what's been happening the last couple of months, that's really all we could ask for at this point. And it's very encouraging to see that the team stopped leaking goals in the final 15 minutes of games. Good stuff. Tommy, your thoughts? Yeah, I think that uh, the individual mistakes, as uh, Ismail pointed out, we didn't have those last two games. Uh, we got goals, and, and I think um, – the attention to defend, you know, uh, not letting up or, you know, just relaxing. You didn't really see that last two games. 
we did see it from RSL in the same way that we gave up that goal too often. You know, uh, in the beginning of the game, just a simple pass in, bad touch, press, got the goal. Same kind of exact same play that happened with uh, Cirillo and Nanu kind of let up and bad touch and gave up a goal. So it happens, right? Um, so I think the reason to be opti- you know, optimistic for this team is the coaching. The coaching, I think, I, I said it before, I've been very impressed with Nico. Um, his just demeanor, his style on the sidelines, and everything he's brought to the team. It hasn't been perfect. It's been a process. <laughs> but it's going to take a while. And I think that's one thing is that, you know, uh, I'm guilty of it myself. I mean, I want things to be perfect on the first game of the year and we all got to realize this is a new team just put together a new coach new coaching staff he doesn't even know about texas i mean he's still learning about the heat i think he's you know that's coming around but i think the reason to be optimistic is the good coaching and i think just the good play um i'm going to point point out i thought paxton had a great game i thought Velasco had a great game um farfan had a good game hara did some good hold up play um you know, we had some good play, you know, some good player out there. So I think the roster is still ultimately very thin. And, you know, maybe it's not going to be this year. It doesn't look like. But, you know, a few more boosters to the roster can make this a big difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Jose. Well, I think it, it's exciting for us to see. Uh, I mean, well, no one's going to say, hey, you guys look great in winning and and. You know, some people will talk down in the manner that a team has won both of those matches. At the end of the day, uh, it shows growth. It shows that Nico has learned, you know, that once you take a lead, you don't have to do anything else. I mean, it, it's basically they've been blowing leads in, in, in that, in, in our, you know, when we're in our slump. They were taking leads. And then they were basically blowing those leads and, Basically, they've basically he's discovered that hey, okay, so we're good at scoring scoring early. Once we score, we don't need to score again. You know, let's let's. Where is the depth on this team? Okay, we have minimal depth, but look at this last game. I mean, with Howard starting, you only really had one uh, attacking option that was 100%, and then your other options were either less than 100% or or green. So you're talking about uh, Hader Obreon was really your only option in the attacking third off the bench, you know. And then you either gonna, you were either going to get uh, less than 100% uh, 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 sibling or or Cervania, or a green player like uh, Benny or El Metkehar because we all know Shun isn't getting out there anytime soon, so. So, I mean, your options on attack are, are, you know, usually Hara is one of those, I would say it's two options, but with Hara starting, Obreon was it, and then you would hope you get anything out of whoever else came on. So, where are your strengths? Okay, I know we're all not too happy with, with, with how Nanu's performing, but he is a solid option off the bench, if inconsistent. So you got for a guy for a, as a non-starter, I would say he's a solid option. As a starter, he's proven that he's less than ideal, but he's a solid option off the bench. Uh, so is Tafari again, another player that makes uh, mistakes, but again, he's not being asked to start. He's just asked to come in and close the game. You've got uh, Quinones. You got even Eddie. You even got Munjoma, who, despite his his uh, quality of play this season is a player who has ample experience playing in MLS, and then of course you got Surreal coming off the bench also. So your best options are in defense, and this team has been awfully good at taking leads. So I I I know if they got a bunker to win once you take the lead, then so be it. I mean, teams have driven that all the way to into the deep into the playoffs and right. it's not pretty right. but it's effective and i'll take it i think i think it gives us hope that this team is a playoff team okay we can argue where in the playoffs but they look like a team that looks like would at least make the playoffs and i think that's a boost for a team that people forget really was nowhere near the playoffs last year and and, and it's it's a sign that they're heading in the right direction 
Yeah, I think with uh, with this team, what's interesting is that the range of where we could, how we could play, is very vast. And I think Nico has centralized it more by very like perfecting the sit, like what G, um, Chico was saying, what Jose was saying, of sitting back and like defending a lead, and he's perfected it because we look at the games like Miami or Houston or Austin that we were we were bunkering by 60th minute. I think Nico doing that isn't based off of a, ta- a desire to be frustrating against other teams. It's more of he's working with what he's got. And that's what I'm talking about, Range, that this team, at a point right now where we still think it could be better, is in fourth place in the West. And yet we know that the depth of this team is very limited, where if an, a midfielder got injured in this game – would have been disastrous for us going into Seattle and Portland. So we, it's we we it's it's really weird. It's a weird season where I think the team is is playing could play better than they are, and they're in fourth place. And it's it, it's going to be interesting to see how this last stretch of games unfolds for this team because I think out of all the stretches of games that we've had throughout the season. Um, this is going to be the most difficult. And I know that's what most teams say at the end of seasons, but I think it's true. And Mm. testament to the team that LA Galaxy and RSL are teams that are literally in our range in the the standings. They're they're right there. And these kinds of wins are six-point games. They're not three-point games. But that's also the same with Seattle and with Portland and with Nashville coming up. And then RSL in like like a month and a half. These games, this 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 isn't going to change. So if the team is able to grind out these one zero two one results um, over the entirety of the rest of the season, as frustrating as it is, knowing that this team could be better, that like Velasco's production could be better, that Ariola could be more consistent, that we could get our wing back to help even more. We saw Farfan, I think, it was like his third assist of the season, but. Tomasi in this game was specifically frustrating. Like if everyone was producing at a higher level, we know we could be better, and yet we're in fourth place. So it's going to be interesting to see how the season unfolds. Let's. let's uh, I agree. I, well, well, go ahead, Tommy. Uh, just real quick, I was going to say I agree with Ishmael's comments that you know we're in fourth place, but we're not playing the best that we can be. I mean, we all agree that Paxton's having a good game, but is Paxton getting assistant goals? No, he can, and I think he certainly can. He's going to get better. He will get better. I, I believe it. I mean, Jesus can play better. Ariola can play better. Velasco's just starting to see a little bit of juice in him with his passing. He had some really nice passings and dribbles in the middle of the field, but he can also play better. I think you can say that just about anybody on the team that can play better. And it's not that they're playing bad. It's just that they can get better, you know, and they will. I think they will. Well, let's jump into uh, Nico's uh, post-game kind of comments, his own reaction on the match. And, uh, See how he responded in his energy. Well, I think uh, there is a lot of things to improve today. Uh, but overall, very proud of the guys. Um, really, really proud of them. It's not easy what we are doing. We're playing against good teams. And uh, we're suffering some moments in the game. And uh, we're doing together as a team. And... Uh, We've been present the last two games defensively. And now it's about our challenge, like if we can be present also when we have the ball, right? And then start opening and creating good angles and uh, doing uh, more, more things to have long possessions in the second half uh, to kill the game. I think we had good counterattacks for, for the score, the second goal. And, uh, and this is the way that we had to approach the second half because it was really, really f- difficult for us. We also had, you know, it's not an excuse, but we had to adapt a different uh, formation, different way to play, because I have some issues with uh, some players uh, um, late on this week, and uh, and we had to make a different plan. But I, but I think uh, the guys did a really good job. We wanted uh, to win at home again. We wanted to win for the fans, for our families, celebrate with them a win together because we owe that to ourselves first and to our fans and families. We were very close to win um, in other games, and we couldn't celebrate with them. 
And I think uh, we owe to us and to them this win. I think uh, what, what I was intrigued by Nico's comments there was naming the second half issue of um, that has been a struggle point for FC Dallas just as far as, okay, we get the lead. Uh, we're going in with some momentum into the halftime, but then the other team seems to make the adjustments, seems to push on the gas pedal a little bit more and sort of control possession in the second half. And FC Dallas just doesn't have a lot of success kind of clamping down on the game, controlling the ball, slowing things down, you know, making the, making their, the opponent play their way. Um, and so I, I appreciate that he identified that it's challenging, that the team is trying to figure these kinds of things out. Uh, you know, so I guess that's the question going forward for me. Uh, and we, we've already sort of been touching upon it. Is this sustainable? You know, is this, is this the ID of this team? Is what it's going to be over the, the remaining games is going to be stingy, which we saw at the beginning of the season. They were. They were pretty stingy uh, defensively. And we're we going to be able to get out some results. If we do, then yes, we can go deep in the playoffs because that's how you win playoffs. You get that goal and you just you set up shop and you, 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 know, you absorb and you defend. Um or you hold on for those penalty kicks kind of a thing. So uh, what do you all think? Is this sustainable for FC Dallas? I, I would I say so. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go I was going to say, as long as the team, t- team uh, stays healthy, we, ha- we have such a, such a thin bench that I honestly believe that, that the slump that we're in had a lot to do with the injuries to the back line. Uh, clearly our back line was less than 100%. We're forced to play play players like Munjoma, start Munjoma, start Nanu, start, you know, Tafari, or or forced to yank either Hedges or Martinez out early. And, and you know, the health of this team will determine whether this team can, can go, you know, can make a run into the playoffs. Because like I said I'm I'm pretty excited about how they're playing and this and that, but at the end of the day they're still not healthy, and and just you know we got a short week we got three games within one week, so that injury list could grow and if that happens, then then you know that hurts this team significantly more than some of their teams that they're chasing in the playoffs that are in the playoffs. So as long yes as long as the team can remain healthy and avoid. Uh, players missing multiple games to injury or, or nagging injuries that keeps them from being less than hundred percent. And it, that's what it'll come down to. It's the health of this team. Mm. As long as this team is healthy and Nico has his options, this team uh, currently batting 500 on the road, by the way, that's usually the mark of a playoff team. And, and this team has proven that it can win by either, either attacking or being stingy defensively, it has proven it can do it now if they can just stay healthy. And that's the big if. If this team can stay healthy, then they have a shot. Well, I was going to say, yes, they can. But, you know, uh, there's a little luck involved, as you remember, against the Galaxy. Uh, Chicharito had a header that should have went in the goal. He didn't head it down. He hit it right over the post. He got a little lucky there. But also... Yeah. FC Dallas had a few shots, uh, attacks in, in the box that they didn't let me, get in cap. Let me, let me counterpoint you real quick on that. Uh, I was checking out some LA Galaxy previews of the Dallas game, and there was one that I, I didn't bother watching, but the headline was basically it was a podcast, and their comments on the Dallas game was uh, LA Galaxy doesn't win in Dallas, so now what? <laughs> That was it. That was basically, you know, so what are we going to do? Because they're basically admitting that, hey, the Galaxy, for all the success they've had, traditionally struggle coming to Dallas and getting wins. And so they were basically, that was their talking point is, yeah, we don't win in Dallas. So Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember and, when they came with Landon Donovan a few years back and he had a PK against the Peruvian goalkeeper. And the Peruvian keeper saved, I can't remember his name right now. But, but I'm just saying that, I'm just saying the Dallas, call it lock, call it whatever, they tend to have it against the galaxy and we've swept them now i believe this year and uh yeah I, i'm just saying it, I, i'm okay with the team being lucky and w- like you said we will need some 
Yeah, luck going the year that we won on. the uh, the year that we won the, the the U.S. U.S. Cup, right? We went through went through uh, Galaxy and went over there, and we you know brought it home. But anyway, um, what I was gonna say is that a little luck, but also that FC Dallas is still not hitting on all cylinders when it comes to attacking. We're still leaving, you know, just like Jesus had the one-on-one with the keeper in Houston and didn't score. We had that same situation against uh, the Galaxy. We had a few, you know, four-on-three where, you know, uh, there was one point where Paxton dribbled up the middle and, and Areola was just kind of watching the game and didn't go into the box and he was late and then an errant pass. I mean, we're still not capitalizing on those little plays that would bring us two to zero and make it a lot easier to defend and win than staying on one zero. Remember the other games that we had, how many chances did we miss where, you know, we kicked it right at the keeper. So, but I think that's also growing pains. I think, you know, uh, coach will address, you know, if we see it, coach sees it and I know he'll address it. Uh, everything that we've seen as a fan, we know that coach is addressing the, the big one that I read about was the closing of the game that they had a practice just about closing the game and being, you know, urgent to, to defend, Every little thing, because we we saw Kafari take off, we saw so and so take off, and we we lost silly goals, right? So I think that uh, yes, we can if we you know especially if we start scoring a few more goals instead of just having one zero, we're up two zero. That can make a change, but but then again, like you know, the roster is still paper thin, so there is that that thing that you know you can only go so far with a thin roster. So, but it, it's flip a coin right now. Yeah, I, I would like to address the attack thing later and later on i think what's what's we keep talking about how the team isn't firing on all cylinders i don't think it will in this season like i don't think they'll reach their potential because there's still so many gaping holes on this roster specifically what happens um it hara can like in this game lasted like 45 minutes if i'm being generous and when jesus plays a pop the midfield and the attack are somewhat disconnected as we've seen for the last two months that there's issues there and i think uh with this team a lot of these grind out performances that we see like like the last two weeks the team is overperforming in some aspects and underperforming in others and that makes it makes me think that this team is probably on a border is a borderline play playoff team playing above expectations so Grind out results have been like we saw at the beginning of the season, and right now, it work for this team, and it can work, and we can get lucky, but we can also get mm-hmm. unlucky. Like we mm-hmm. a game like the game against NYCFC or the game against uh, Minnesota in May, those were games right. that we were dominating, and like like we can get unlucky too. So if we're going to rely on grit, I'm okay with that. If we're going to be relying on luck, then that's another issue because this team, it can win on luck. It can get to playoffs on luck, but that's that's not sustainable, and you can't put your chips for that. Like it, it won't, like that's a risky play. So I think as the team gets healthier, because right now it's still at, not at one hundred percent, as Jose was saying, I don't think we've been healthy for a while now. Um, but even when we were healthy, uh, the games against uh, Minnesota, the games against Vancouver. We were healthy, and we did not play well. So it 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 will be better. It will be better as the team gets healthier. Hopefully, uh, players like Faku, Siki, Servinia are more available. But issues about disconnectivity between the attack and the midfield, the attack being inconsistent. Like we're starting to see limitations that Jesus can either be uh, scoring one or twice a game or disappearing in some games. And we also see that Ariola. Although he's much better than he was with DC, he is still streaky. So, um, and Velasco is isn't going to put numbers for you, especially this season. So, the team will get healthier, and the team will have more depth. Like the depth right now is a serious concern, especially if the injuries keep going. But over time, hopefully, the injuries will get better. But the issues still still persist. And against the teams that we're facing in the next couple of months. That can be consuming, especially in this crunch time right before the playoffs. Okay, so I want to address the attack and depth, and and I will I am going to say right now that our depth issues are in fact what's hurting our attack. The reason the the team can start strong, but often fails to put teams away, is because 
some of our key players are not 90-minute players. Velasco has proven that he's not a 90-minute player. He's not a guy that can give you a full game without fatigue. Fatiguing. Uh, you could probably say the same about uh, uh, Siki and Cervania. And then Ahara is definitely not a, <laughs> a, a you know a 60-minute player. You know, uh, barely 35. If that. And so, but let's look. Well, let's look in at this heat, I don't players. think anyone's going to go 90 minutes no. every game, right? So, no, no. Yeah, I, I'm going to address that. And that's, that leaves you with three players that are 90-minute players in, in Ariola, Jesus, and Paxton. And that here's the bad thing about that, because this team has very little depth to alleviate these guys. They're suffering from too much load, too much game load, and that fatigue it's only going to get worse as the season progresses. You, I think you already started to see them fade. Yes, they can go the 90 minutes, but can they go the full 90 minutes without losing a step, without, you know, losing sharpness? And I think that's what you're seeing. That's you're seeing in these games is yes, they can go the 90 minutes, but you have to talk about the game load on these guys, spe- specifically uh, at Paxton, where our midfield is so thin, uh, I'm happy to see him go 90 minutes, but it also concerns me that he's getting so much playing time. It concerns me that there's no third uh, center fielder, you know, um, center forward to so that when Jesus has to rest and Hara has to start, who comes in when Hara, you know, fades after 45 minutes? Same thing with Ariola. You got Obreon. Obreon can alleviate Ariola, but then who's going to relieve? Velasco, and that's where the attack. That's why it's fading late. It's because you you got your three guys that can go the ninety minutes, and they're fading, and there's nobody to give them proper relief. And then the other players have to be replaced because they're not ninety minute players. So it's an issue. I'm just saying it's an issue with the depth that's affecting mm-hmm. the attack, mm-hmm. and and why the attack is so good in the first half, and then it's you know Nico is really wise to basically lean on the defense in the second half if they can get a lead because the attack's going to fade anyway. They've proven consistently throughout the season that they're not a team that can finish strong. And like I said, that's basically for depth. I mean, I, I'm i a big fan of, of Benny, and I, and I know he – I'm not bragging. I know he played just clean-up minutes down the stretch. But it says a ton that, that it's Benny that's coming in to get those kind of – you know. Those those mop up minutes, yeah. and yeah. not Elmed Kahar, not Thomas Roberts, not Shun. That tells you a lot that it's Benny that's coming in, and 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 that tells you our problems with our depths. All the all the problems you need to know about our attacking depths right there. Yeah, well, it's a concern for the end of the year for the postseason because if they're getting tired now, how are they going to be at the end of the year? And um, against and, and Galaxy, you know, we saw Velasco and and Jesus got had to come out because they just couldn't go anymore. And he brought in um, Obreon and um, yes, and, and that's and to my point is is at least Velasco is getting you know a chance to to rest and and he's going to always give you those 60, 70 minutes. But I'm more concerned about the guys with the heavy loads, Jesus, Ariola, yeah. and and Paxson. Those can lead to injuries right. later in the season, and that's our concern yeah. for us. Is we need to give those they don't have another past Paxton on the team. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like just to close off this thing about depth. Yeah, I think with close off this thing about depth is that this shows that if we're being completely honest, this roster, this 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 cap, the the way that the roster and the cap are right now was so poorly built early on, and maybe showing Zenota's inexperience with MLS because you should not have bench players. That cannot contribute to <laughs> right, right. Not, yeah. not be a thing. Like I know there's a lot of fans asking for some signings, but the fact that we're sell, um, um, loaning or selling shown is the only way we can open up cap space is genuinely concerning. That's that's insane to me. Like we have like five open roster spots, so so much money was put into players that are either ineffective or are not worth their value. And then the depth doesn't have, like, the, the value of these players is even worse. So as we're looking as to improve this team, 
if we're able to get Shun out in the next three days, which seems unlikely, like before the transfer window closes, um, if we're able to do that and and um, Third Degree is talking about how the team is interested in a player on the allocation list, which is probably Larea or some of us are are dreaming about Grezo or something like that, or maybe a Brooks. Um, it's it's just it tells me a lot that even with Zenota's successes, next season is like we keep t- saying that this year is the test for Zenota. This year is the test. Next year really is the test because a lot of these players, a lot of these contracts, including Hara, are going to be alleviated. So how is the depth going to look next year? You can't go another year like this. You can't go another year where sixty minutes at 60 minutes you just sit back because your attack doesn't have good enough subs. That's that's not a Damn recipe right. for a <laughs> I agree well, with you. Well, I was going to say, uh, it's hard to believe that LA Galaxy can sign Bale and uh, the Chinelli, but we can't have a, a superstar, but where our roster is full and we have players who can't play. Well, it just doesn't well, make any sense, right? I, I don't know that I agree that we're against the cap. A, I think that's more of a. There's the reason the LAs and the New Yorks of the world get those players is because, sure, you're not giving them a big salary, but they can sign major endorsement deals in those cities that they cannot get here you know and and that's some that's like kind of the unspoken truth about that okay yeah they sign him and he's not a dp i guarantee you he's making dp money as far as as far as uh uh real money in endorsements because it's it's a bigger market i, I mean let's face it if there's austin's a national not a market. austin's not a bigger market not, not austin i was talking about la and, yeah, and New York. But, but Austin, it, it Austin, but Austin is an expansion team awash with, you know, funny money. And and it's not a coincidence that you've seen the LAFCs, the Austins, the the Atlantas come out strong in their first couple of years, yeah. even if, if because of all that funny money that's available to them. And, you know, they, they're able to shrug off uh, – uh, roster mistakes a lot easier than most teams because they're expansion teams and 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 so they they MLS wants to succeed so they're gonna you know it's in their interest that these teams come out strong and and I'm not okay so Austin okay they they I, I I'm very happy that that Texas has you know a competitive team to push Dallas but we're t- we'll see about how they're doing you know three four years from now like look at Orlando they've came out strong and, and faded and so on and so forth. So and Nashville did a slow burn. Look at Minnesota. It took them several years. So Atlanta came out strong and now they're fading. So it's, it, it'll come around. It's just, there's a lot yeah. of funny money that the expansion teams get because MLS is invested in them. And I'm not surprised that Austin's doing good. I mean, I'm surprised how good they're doing. I'll say that. I think they've been a little lucky. I think FC Dallas but, played them better both games and not even, not even close. Yeah. FC Dallas was the better team. Yeah, but like I said, you know, and they're and they're, and they're they're lucky, but sometimes it's lucky. You know, it's not where you are in the table right now; it's where you are at the end of the season. And there's, you know, this, uh, and not that I'm a MLS uh, salary roster rules guy or quite grasp at all, but like there may be a downside when we sign these guys on loan um, that we can't pay down their cap in the same way or their cap hits differently to the south so we don't have as much room to wiggle around but but uh you know maybe but but then meanwhile maybe the front office doesn't want to buy guys like this and so they i have do these mid loans an, and, and try to work it out and so there's there's upsides and downsides i have an all. opinion on this that that i disagree with the way it's being portrayed that we don't have money to sign players I disagree with that. I know it's been said. I know Dan and I know a lot of people have said it, but I think it's the way it's being said. And if you listen to the to the general manager, uh, you know, to to Sonota and to and to Nico, it's not that they don't have money to bring in players. Now you say we've got about five roster spots. I'm sure they have enough money to bring in five homegrowns or or players that are around you know a hundred thousand. Or, or, or less. But Nico and Sonoda have said they don't want those kind of players. They want a player that can come in and give them a significant uh, 
uh, minutes on the field, that player's not going to cost is they can't afford that player. That player's going to cost them, you know, 600, 700 K to get a player like that to come in midseason, you know, unless you get lucky. But if you're talking about a solid player, that's going to come in and push players for starting minutes. It's not going to come in the cheap. It's not going to come in a hundred, 200, 300 K, you know, and that's, I think that's what they're getting at is they don't have the money to bring that kind of player unless they clear up, clear up another, you know, and isn't that an issue? It is an issue for this roster build. Uh, yes, I agree. But I'm just saying in the past, FC Dallas was more than happy to go get a player that's going to cost us that low. They were more than happy to bring in the Clavijo specials midseason that they got on the cheap. They were, yes, there were big names, but they were off of injuries or, or something like that or players that never made it. And all this, all these guys are saying is, we don't want to bring in those players. We're not going to bring in a Clavijo special. We're not going to bring in a homegrown because there's no Pepe or anyone like that in the homegrown that's going to come in and give us minutes. And so they're saying, you know what? We're not going to do it, but we don't have enough to to bring in a player that can give us, you know, that can push Tuomasi for a starting spot or 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 push uh, Cervinia for a starting spot or anything like that. That kind of money, uh, the players they're interested in. And mind you, they're not going to go sign a MLS veteran. Because that MLS veteran is going to be that kind of player that I'm talking about, that that Clavijo special. They don't want that. They want a player that's going to come in and impact the roster, and it's going to be a young player with upside. Because that's what Dallas goes after. They're going to, you know, it's going to be a 21, 22, 23 year old mm-hmm. that they can hopefully resell in the future. And they're saying we're not going to bring in just a body. My my my, month- my points. My point wasn't that the team should be um, like test like signing like 18 year olds from Deportivo Cali again and again and again. That's not my point. That's, that's definitely not my, my point is that you're having players like, like Roberts, you have players like Sean, you have players that the team made an effort, not even like three years ago when we were having issues between Dan Zenoda and Lucci. I'm talking about recent signings. Players that have a decent cap hit that are now making it so that the team cannot improve. And like you there un- we understand that Zenoda is working under difficult circumstances. This is a, dif- a difficult market to bring players. You're working on a contract like Hara, but again, these are the constraints that he's working with. Then maybe not don't bring Roberts back, try to negotiate a salary or do something. My point is, like, if the team is at 25 players currently at the roster, if the team cannot sign players with the five open roster spots that they have in the middle of the season, when teams are signing players, most teams in this league have been signing players to improve themselves during the summer. If the team can't do that, then that is an issue with the roster build. And not all of that is on Zenoda, but he is not blameless. And that is something that needs to be recognized, especially now that next year, Hara will be gone. That's $3 million open in cap space. So Okay, I, and, and let me address that. $3 million is open in cap space, Nanu goes. So do you want to fill in the five roster spots that you have open this year with players that are basically just going to take up spots? You're probably only going to get players that are going to need two or three years before they can hit roster, or... Do you leave them open, ride it out with the roster you have, and when you, all that money frees up next year, now you can go out and be aggressive and get multiple players, not just one a one-for-one, one, not just a replacement for Hara, a replacement for Nano. Now you can take that money from those guys and bring in three, four, five players instead of a one-for-one one approach. I'm just saying it's not, I don't agree with it. I know we – I know we. the point is, is that I don't think – I think Dan Hunt is happy to if the team is just sneaks into the playoffs, and he's saying, "Hey, if we can build on this, and we can if depth's the issue, and we can address the depth next year, and we can make the playoffs this year, let's do it." And I think that's what's going to happen. 
with this roster build is they're going to say, hey, if it gets bad enough, we'll just loan some players up from North Texas, and we're going to ride it out. And I know we want the help, but I'm just saying, is there an issue with the roster build? I think the roster build was designed to basically it with, uh, hey, we'll just bring in some bodies like Dallas usually does, and they're trying to say, no, we need to come up with a better build. And I think that everyone's learning. I think everyone's learning, and, and uh, all the it's roster not- spots – if they're still open next year, then then yeah, then it's I just a legitimate I just think it's not one extreme or the other. We shouldn't be filling up five roster spots right now with North Texas SC guys and eighteen year olds from South America, but we also shouldn't be in the position that none of these spots are getting filled. We're one or two at this point in the season. It should not be a thing. It's again, uh, I understand the it, reality. It isn't, right it now. isn't. It isn't. I agree, but. Let's say you bring in. Let's say you go and get some homegrowns. They can afford them. Let's say you fill those spots with homegrowns. You already have Roberts is getting any playing time. You already got Shoes not getting playing time. Minjoma is not getting playing time. Melmetkihar. There's no homegrown out there that's better than any of those players, and that's the problem right now. The problem is Dallas is not willing to sign those players to FC Dallas when they can just sign them to North Texas, and and, mm. and that's I'm just saying it's a problem. But it's not a problem that's going to be addressed this year. And I think as far as the whole comments about uh, the Thursday, I think, is the, the transfer window deadline, I think that's for incoming, not for outgoing. So Shun doesn't have to be gone by Thursday. Just nobody can be brought in after Thursday. Shun can still be it's gone incoming. after Thursday. It's incoming. Yeah, it's incoming. Because, like, LA Galaxy are trying to sign Puig before Thursday. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, all I'm saying is is Dallas is still trying to get rid of Shun. They may not get rid of him by Thursday, but they're going to get rid of him but that's not going to help us this season. That's going to help us for next season if it, if it doesn't. It's not done by Thursday. Well, I think don't, there may don't be forget, a... we still have we still have Bartlett. Yeah, we. Yeah, and I think uh, I think you can still I think uh, as far as Thursday I think it's for transfers. But if 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 there's a free agent, uh, you could still target somebody like that after that potentially. But. Uh, I could be wrong about that. So, yeah, I, I think what it's, about an Parker? it's an interesting. Well, Parker, Parker, Parker is solid. I mean, he's he's a player that was always going to play a full season in North Texas, and he needed it. He's 19 years old, and Farfan is playing so good. Parker's a player that's a player that I think would be loaned up from North Texas this season if needed and, and could give you solid minutes. But he's you're not going to pull him away from North Texas this year. He's going to play in North yeah. Texas this whole season. And then next year he'll be on, on the senior roster. And, and if he's sent back down to North Texas, then, then we have an issue, but more than likely yeah. if he's not good enough to give us minutes next year, he gets the uh, Hernandez uh, treatment where he gets loaned out to USL championship. And that's not a bad way to go either way. I mean, let's for, don't forget the Cervania and some of those players did loans in the USL championship at some point, And, and that's helped this team. So, Sorry, Nathan. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, it's it's fine. I mean, I think, you know, my uh, I, I I would love to see if uh, Parker, you know, is is ready to contribute some. He'd be a great backup to Farfan and still give him time, and he'd probably get some minutes here and there. But also, I'm just I'm really high on Colin Smith as that right back um, who who is just growing uh, and is showing some versatility, and I think could be someone who comes in and kind of works his way into the first team picture next year. So again, an, yeah, another raw player, and that's just it. Is is as exciting as North Texas is, and as talented as they look, they're still very green, and and those players are not going to help FC Dallas yeah. this season. They're players that we hope can make the jump next year, but this year, I mean, just enjoy them and say, hey, these guys, these kids look like they have a future. Mm-hmm. And 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 hopefully next year next year they can come in and help. But I think this year, like I said, they're only going players from North Texas are only going to help in emergency. I think there are trades to be had within the league. I think I think as we get closer, I think there's going to be some other teams that are going to want to free up some space. And I, I, that's why I hope the FC Dallas is looking at those. And I know they may not be long term. They may not solve all the issues. But uh, just to have uh, you know have some guys who know MLS. Who uh, know how to compete in this league? My my problem with It'd the trades is if Dallas can pull off a trade, it's going to be a like for like trade. Like let's say let's say somebody wants Kinion. 
okay, you're going to trade him, but now you've, you haven't really fixed anything. You're going to bring in someone that hopefully plays better than him, but you're still going to have the depth issue. So that's my problem with, uh, with, uh, trades in MLS. You're going to have to give up a player and this team can't afford to give up players. They need players. And, and the draft picks are a lot of teams don't really care for them. I mean, Dallas is one of the few teams that cares for them. So, so as far as trade, uh, you know, you, well, you're, you're basically going to have to un- unload somebody. And, and, and I'm not sure that's, like I said, they it, it have to work some magic. Well, we'll see. I mean, that's, that's why it's, it's confusing. It's a lot of questions. Um, well, let's keep the show rolling here uh, with um, uh, and turn our attention to uh, North Texas. Uh, North Texas, just like FC Dallas, was in a, in a bit of a, of, of a bad run. Uh, in particular, they got smashed by Sporting Kansas City too in one of the shocking games. I think uh, it, and Sporting Kansas City too has been awful, uh, but somehow put four goals past FC Dallas. And so to welcome back uh, at Choctaw Stadium this weekend, uh, Dallas welcome uh, North Texas welcomed uh, SKC too and and uh, took care of business a three nothing win. Uh, Kamungo. Uh, Classy goal. I mean, just uh, it's just such a fun team to watch. If if you don't mind the, the cameras, uh, let's listen to to Coach uh, uh, Ka here respond to kind of the game and how it went. A little bit of a chess game, but we we kind of slow down a little bit. Uh, but um, we see the house. Uh, we see the first half, and then we responded well in second half. And I think uh, you know after. After after not winning four games, you know, you know the the boys may think, um, you know, things might creep in their head, but their mental focus, what they've been given the whole this week in practice and the way that they played, has been fantastic. So for me, I'm very very proud of the performance that they put because it was a, it was it, it was it was a great team performance. And um, when you're not been winning, that's what you look for, right? For us, we told them that today was very important that uh, we work together as a group you know, to finish off the month of July because it has not been nice to us, you know. But, uh, I mean, them going through these uh, adversities is, is just great for their career, for, for who they are as a person as well because these are the teachings that we try to teach them and these are the experiences that they will learn from and get better at. Coach Ka has been big about uh, these moments, uh, teaching the team, helping them learn to be pros, close out games, you know, fight, work hard, you know, just all the things that you need to do to really make it to the next level. So I've always been so impressed with him and impressed with what he's doing in North Texas. Um, really, this North Texas team can be one of the best in, in MLS Next Pro when they are clicking. Uh, but then also they show their youth, they show their rawness, they show uh, it's a team that, that can struggle. Um, and, uh, you know, back line that's been all over the place at times, um, uh, but an attack too that can just absolutely dominate you and, and take over a game in, in just a moment. So, uh, you know, Jose, uh, big win for him this weekend. Get back on track. Uh, uh, there's, uh, you know, what's what's your gut when, when the season comes to a close? Is North Texas gonna be in a playoff spot? Uh, the answer is yes, and and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain the last before this win they had a four match winless streak the uh only loss that i consider shocking is is the uh sporting kansas city uh loss which was a 4-2 on the road but then that was followed with a 3-1 loss against san jose now that's a game that was tied 1-1 as they were heading into the half and then hope got a red card and they played a man down the entire second half and not surprisingly lost that game they followed that game with a 3-3 draw against Houston, which, who's a good team and also already, has already proven that they're good enough to beat uh, North Texas even at home. So that's not a bad result. And then they traveled to St. Louis, and they were never going to beat St. Louis in St. Louis. So it's just they hit a really tough stretch combined with the red card bad luck. And really, it, it looks bad, but it's not that bad. I mean, it, this team has never been the most talented team in the league. Never has. They're just a well-coached team with enough talented youth that, that although inconsistent, they have a lot of parts, and the coach maximizes what he gets out of all his players. They got a lot of depth, 
and and they got excellent attackers. But I mean, the fact that this team continues to rotate backlines is just ridiculous. I don't know any other team think, that can get away with that for an entire season. And 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 I want to add that I'm kind of glad that they went through a bit of a slump because my concern is that North Texas wasn't going to make any additions to the roster. Uh, we still haven't made any additions, by the way, uh, as we head into the second half because they were having it so well. They were doing so well that, that I was afraid they were going to say, oh, hey, you know, we don't we're, – we're clicking fine. We don't need to make additions. And they need to make those additions because the other teams are making additions. The, the, the advantage that North Texas had – that's going to fade as the season progresses is that North Texas was already a, a well gelled team before uh, Coach Ka showed up. The, you know, they, they play in a system, they play like they practice the senior team, the, so do the academy kids. So all the players that return and the players that add, they all practice uh, and, and they all understand what's needed from them. And so you get consistent play from such a young team. But as other teams are starting to gel, you're starting to see Tacoma is now currently the number one team after they crushed St. Louis. I mean, they just blitzed those guys. And they have the number one attack in the league, if I remember correctly. They're starting to gel. St. Louis is starting to gel. All these other teams that were struggling uh, are beginning to gel, and, and, and that advantage that North Texas had over those teams is going to fade. So it's going to be a grind. They're not going to be a number one seed or two seed, but they'll likely come in as a third or fourth seed. They're good enough to get into the playoffs. I'm not so sure that they're good enough to to challenge for the title unless they make some additions. And uh, I want to point out that uh, Tariq Scott was on the bench last match. He must be back from the whole Bayern experience. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm hoping they sign him. I mean, I'm hoping they sign Tariq Scott. I'm hoping they sign... uh, uh, Santi and uh, some kid played that I hadn't seen before. Aguilar started this last game, and I thought he looked pretty good. So yeah, I, I'd I like see. to see. That's a team that I would at least hope they add some some homegrown type signings because I think that really would help that team. And like I said, it'll be a playoff team. Uh, one of the things, yeah, one of the things I'm liking is that even though the defense is shifting a lot. Like you getting Parker, no, not Parker. You're getting Bartlett and Nice coming in sometimes. Um, they, Araneda and Amidume specifically are getting most of the reps, and that's something that we haven't seen with this uh, North Texas SC is like a center back pairing that I think has long year to de- long years to develop, but is going to probably be the same in the next two years because I'm pretty sure. With the time that they've given Amadume, they're going to sign him from Pacific FC, and I don't think uh, that Pacific FC has any plans for him. So having those two grow into the position, um, having the growing pains like Araneda, you could definitely tell against the, in the last KC game that he is not a naturally born center back. Like he has some issues. But like we, we already know the attacking players that could make the jump. I honestly hope that the front three make the jump. Like I think they like um, uh, Hope and Mulatto and Kumongo can all make the jump to MLS. Maybe not start and get loaned to USLC, but they could make it. They they should they I think they've deserved contracts. But this defense is very interesting because it seems like although Jose is right that shifting a lot that it's mainly Parker, Amadume, Arneda, and Smith, and that's a defense that. Has a long, has long years like to before they can play in MLS, but that are here for the long run, and that next year they're going to continue to play. I think because I don't think Smith, even though we're having issues at right back in MLS in, in FC Dallas, I don't think he's ready for the MLS jump yet. Parker, yeah. with how far found is going, he's probably not going to play next year. So those four are a long term project and. They are not perfect by any means, but you can tell that they have physical traits specifically that are very promising. That that as long as they develop and nurture their skills, that 
that they can become MLS players in the future, I think. And I want to point out that for all the success that North Texas has had, they only really have five players that are every game starters as long as they're on, available for the game. And that's Carrera, Parker, mm-hmm. and the three attackers, Hope, Kamungo, and uh, Mulatto. And, and, and that's it. Everybody else, I mean, yes, Smith is getting minutes, but he's been rotating with Pope at that position. So he's not a lockdown every game starter. And and interestingly, sometimes they start together with with either Pope or Smith playing at the right on the as a right mid, which, you know, I, I like to see Smith focus on just being a, a straight up right back, but that is something that's happened with those players and and uh at that young age, I mean, I I guess you if, if they're capable, then why not? But uh, really, they rotate everybody else, and, mm-hmm. uh, and there's only, like I said, there's only really five players that you could say are lockdown starters. Uh, everybody and, else, you know, that may be like the, the the perfect like coach situation too for these coaches that that preach about competition week in and week out. It's not just they're not rotating just to keep guys fresh. I mean, I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a little bit of that, but it's like, hey, show me in practice, you know, and you're gonna earn a spot, and, you know. This and that's, and, that's a great thing. It's can be frustrating for a player who's like, Hey, I, you know, I should be getting minutes here. I'm, I have more, you know, like maybe a Colin Smith, but, uh, but now I think Colin even loves it. I think he just means he just wants to grow and get better and compete each other. And that gives chances to players like Aguilar and Orzua who played like the last two games, even though they weren't pretty, like that's, that's what's needed. Like that's, if, if your spot's not locked down, that means that other players would get opportunities. And as fans, that's, it's encouraging to see because that's something that's been like the last. Again, we know what COVID did, but two years, like for the last two years, before this season, it was mainly like a core group of like 16, 18 guys. It was basically it, and now we're starting to see it should be used for, where the players that of course are scoring eleven goals this season, like Kamango, yeah, you start, but like Coach and Smith, you start to see them shaping who's like like rotating playing a couple different positions. When Waldeck plays poorly, which is not quite often, you get Orzua and Aguilar who get the opportunity to play in a professional setting. And that's what this team should be used for specifically. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I want to say that I one thing I appreciate, one change that's happened this season that we used to see in previous seasons that hasn't happened this season and the team has remained strong on that is that they're not sending down players from the senior team unless they're unless they're long for the entire season like like Smith and Parker uh, and and Bartlett those guys are loaned for the season and and they're not moving back and forth and in the past they would send down you know a, a player that wasn't getting minutes with senior team like Pepe or Cervania or someone like that or Cerillo to get oh, wow. minutes with them I'm just saying but they would and and they haven't done that they 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 you know Munjoma isn't being sent down. El Metkihar is really being sent down. Shun. None of these kid guys that are on the senior roster are being sent down. And I think that's good. I think that's that's saying, hey, that's establishing a level and saying, hey, once you once you're out of North Texas, you're not going back. You either you either sink or swim and 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 you know we're not gonna be the other like you see the other teams in MLS giving senior roster players you know, getting them loaned down to the to the, to the reserves to play minutes, so they can stay in shape or whatever. But no, no, FC Dallas is is not doing that, and I I I'm all for that. You give those minutes to the academy kids. You know, you have a lot of talent in the academy, but you don't have any home run. You know, HG signings coming up, so let's find out which kids can can play, and, and that's the only way you're gonna find out is by giving them minutes, and you can't have those minutes being eaten up by players who are already in the senior roster. So I applaud FC Dallas for sticking to their guns and not, you know, giving those minutes up to players that are already on the senior roster. Well, um, I think we, we need to leave it here tonight. Uh, we've had a good conversation. We've got a big week, a Tuesday night game against I, Seattle. I just I was going to say, we're going to talk about the Seattle, at least Seattle. Yeah, well, sure. Let's, yeah, predictions, let's, predictions, right? Yeah. So what do you guys think us, of Seattle? I, I already, I'll tell you what I think of mine. I think, I think there are points to be had this year. Uh, you know, there, I, I'm, it's always a tough place to play. 
I heard I saw the news that uh, Felipe Mora, well, he's a timber player though. I think is right. He is out uh, for the season. So you know, there's always things like that that are happening to these teams, depending on who's healthy and whatnot, that could put a be something in our favor. So I I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I'm hoping I would love just a zero zero draw at Seattle. Just love a a gritty kind of boring game. Seattle Seattle has had four losses in the last five games. Um, they are still the same talented team that won Champions League. So they can definitely win all of those games that they lost. It was poor specific individual performances um, that led to those losses. But, I mean, that, that doesn't need to stop against FC Dallas. So, I mean, if we're talking about grinding out and sitting back after the 60th minute – Scoring in the first twenty, I think that's really what's going to happen. Especially if you keep the 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 Seattle off the board in the first forty-five. Uh, I do think it'll probably be one-one. Not like us. I hope we don't concede in the last minute, but I do think it would be a goal in the first forty-five. I think both teams will score. But man, out of either Portland or Seattle. Given that Portland has had a pretty good run over the last couple of games and that it's the next game in a two-day road trip in the Northwest, this seems the more likely game where you could get three points, if you get three points, which is still good if against the Northwest teams. And um, I want to say I agree with the 1-1. That's, that was my, me, be my, my uh, pick also. And I want to say that I want to point out that going to Seattle – we're more optimistic about this game than we normally would be against a, a normal Seattle encounter. And, and let's face it, Seattle's going through that, you know, that CONCACAF slide that every team, every team that makes a run in CONCACAF has, you know, they, they look like they were avoiding it, but the bottom line is, is that MLS rosters aren't built for deep runs in other competitions. You know, there's just not that many players. So once you get out of that, once you make that run and get back to MLS play, and then you still got the U.S. Open Cup, it 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 adds significant game load to these players and and fatigue and minor injuries, and and it shows. And I think that's all it is. It's still Seattle. They're still a better team than FC Dallas, but you have to wonder how many of those players are playing at 100. percent How many of those players are playing with nagging injuries or are simply yeah. fatigued and will basically be like. Hara, you know, giving you 45 minutes and then be tanked out. So so that gives us hope. That and the fact that FC Dallas beat Seattle earlier in the year, that's big. It's I know I know I know it was it was a rotated squad, but you gotta be able your players knowing that they can beat Seattle, any Seattle team, that's a massive confidence builder for a young team to say, Hey, we've done it before. We can do it again. And, we can get our and the they played well on the road. They played well on the yes. road. I mean, I, yes. except for the Kansas so, City game and uh, during that, you know, that fall thing. But generally, they, they played well on the road. I expect to see Hara at the top and Jesus back in the – I, I expect to see the same formation that we saw Saturday. And I expect them to come games, out and play a good game. Yeah, if, go ahead. If after these two games, Desi Dallas comes back home with two or three points, it's a successful trip. If they get a goal, yeah. I think it'll be a similar game to Saturday where they, they, they get the goal and they hunker in. You know, we'll see. I'll, I'll take it. If we're putting bets on what game we would win, it would be Seattle for me because Portland haven't lost in the last yeah. eight games and they scored 18 times. And for a team like us that relies on gritty defensiveness, I don't think you can uh, defend gritty and yeah. succeed not conceding when a team just scored four goals. Like Portland's not good defensively. But they will score more goals than you, and that's how they would win games. So if we're looking for a victory, I think it would be the Seattle I, game. Honestly, I, which is a weird. Thing I agree to say. with you. I agree with you, and and the only the only hope that gives me against Portland, even though I agree that they are the toughest two teams, is the fact that they will also play midweek and will also be fatigued. Mm-hmm. And and yes, mm-hmm. I expect Dallas to be more fatigued and have less depth than Portland. But the fact that they'll be fatigued too should at least give us a chance that we normally would not have. 
and, and I think the other thing we need to watch out is what happens with Sean in the next few days, if he gets sold or not. And if he doesn't get sold, I think there's no reason you can tell me why he hasn't played at all this year because I've seen enough of that guy to say that he's good enough to be get some minutes this year. And it, the fact that he's it, got none tells I, me there's I agree, more to the players, story. I agree, but players get in coaches' doghouse for whatever reason. And, and by all accounts, he simply was not – performing in practice i mean he looked good when he got given minutes but you know nico's a big you know practice well get minutes type and 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 you're seeing that as a theme you know from north texas to sc dallas practice well get rewarded practice well get rewarded and by all accounts shun is not practicing well he, he's gone too much he's 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 missing too much time he's not getting the he, concept he's simply in the doghouse and and that's not going to change he, this year he may have also uh, eat, eaten a Munster burger, and I think maybe that's slowing him down. <laughs> One too many. Where is oh that Oh, my sold? gosh. Like, that is just ridiculous. I mean, where is that oh sold? My God. I need to know. That is a new Monster burger that they're, they're promoting. I think it's like $15. I think if you buy the stuff separately, you could probably get it cheaper. But why? <laughs> why would you even get that? Because this is Texas. That's like that's, that's, that's an abomination. Like, why? That's, that's yeah, why not? That's kind of the tick. Why? Why? Why not? Why wouldn't we? <laughs> After enough much. beer, you're gonna say, "Hmm, that looks pretty yummy." <laughs> Fifteen dollars? No way. Yeah, Sorry. where where is that sold, Tommy? Is that in like the main? I, I think it's a new thing that they're gonna be selling at the stadium. Oh, okay, so you don't know. They have exactly. a new chef, that is my understanding. Okay. Maybe yeah, that's so. the way it was sounded. All right. Well, by the way, that MLS All Star jersey looks like garbage. That's my last thing. Good. All right. Agreed. Well, good. Well, let, let's leave it there for tonight. Uh, we'll be, of course, uploading the pod, uh, the audio version of this. So get it wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Uh, we're grateful for everybody joining us. Christian, thanks for your comments. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back. Uh, uh, oh, here we go. Here's a good – so, yeah, Tommy, should you should buy one and try it on camera next podcast. So maybe it, maybe when you go get it at the game, you can do, like, a recorded video. Of, there you go. Maybe so. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll have to charge my battery up because sometimes it's, it takes quite a while to get your food. No. <laughs> hey, today, you know, I agree. It should be like a review. Like, uh, you can be our, our food taster. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, I'll think about it. We'll take, one, take one for the team. Yeah, all right. Well, good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Good night, guys. All right. All right. Good night. See you. Good night, guys.